0: This time on Schoolja, Chad and Clint talk about Where's Waldo. They finish part three of The Pandemic and back in school. And they promise never to talk about it again. And finally, they debate whether Kid Rock would be a better colleague or a student. Okay, enjoy the episode. And that's why Wonka is the best film of 2023. Uh, It's a fair point.
1: Counterpoint. Misha won't stop singing the soundtrack, so it's actually the
0: worst movie of the year. Counter-Counterpoint: All People Born on the 19th of October Sing Like Angels, making the soundtrack even better.
1: You're just saying that because you two share a birthday. So I guess you're going to need to prove it.
0: Sing. I would, but I need to introduce this podcast. Hi, I'm Chad. And I'm Clint. Welcome to Schooled a podcast all about teaching by two middle-aged dads, educators, and hipster doofuses who will just not shut up about the American education system.
1: No, we will not. Welcome to 2024, Chad. Boo, boo, boo.
0: Are you totally excited for another awesome election year? I just can't wait, especially for the ads on TV, YouTube, Instagram, and basically everywhere you look. They're always so fun and interesting.
1: Right. I think, no matter which side of the political system you come from, we can all agree that the way we do elections in the U.S. is bad and dumb. But from (laughs) the chaos of the culture wars, we can find some funny gems to
0: talk about. Oh really? What could possibly be funny about modern politics? Book bannings. Book bannings? (laughs) Yes, book bannings. One of the ways we like to signal
1: how virtuous we are is by prohibiting what kids are allowed to read, and as you may know, lots of books have recently been banned in florida and other like-minded states Mm -hmm. for not teaching quote positive values to children however this is not new today we're going to talk about a few books that have been removed from library shelves over the years and you are going to guess why they were banned
0: oh boy my favorite a censorship quiz
1: yep a censorship quiz uh so all of these examples come from the article uh, 25 of America's most unexpectedly banned books uh, from the online magazine The Week. So okay. these are—I'm th- citing my sources because I don't believe in plagiarism. Good for you. All right. So, first of all, Chad, can you tell me why the Tarzan book series was banned in 1961? First
0: of all, I've never read the Tarzan book series from 1961 or any of them. Um, yeah, me either. The, o- the only thing that's coming to mind is that he didn't wear many clothes— Mm. So maybe the, maybe the loincloth was problematic? Uh, you're actually pretty close. Okay. So I mean, the, the they, other thought before you, before you answer it, the other thought I had is something about the romance between uh, Tarzan and Jane. Ooh,
1: what, uh, can you be specific about the romance? They made out. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no, they didn't make out. Well, they may have made out, but that's not uh, what, was, what was said. Uh, but there was a problem with their relationship. So in the weirdly named town of Tarzania, California, <laughs> okay. uh, authorities thought the adventure stories were unsuitable for youngsters. And I'm quoting here, since there was no evidence that Tarzan and Jane had married before they started cohabitating in the treetops. Oh, sure. So, so like yeah. unmarried living together, not a, not a good thing. The man who ran the author's estate protested that the couple had taken marital vows in the jungle with Jane's father serving as the minister. Father was not an ordained minister, but after all, things were primitive in those days in the jungle was the quote that they gave. So yeah, you were pretty close. Nice. Okay, nice Okay.
0: Yeah. Feeling good about the first one.
1: Okay. Number two, this also comes from the 1960s. Why was Maurice Sendak's book, Where the Wild Things Are, removed from shelves?
0: Oh, man. You know, I think I've heard this before. Is it have to do with something about, like, poor parenting? He is a small child and, like, I don't remember if he crawled out his window or if he just sort of imagined that he was in this other place. But, like, something about lack of uh, parenting and, and him being a t- small kid in a scary place with monsters. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it, it it was both of those things. Uh, they didn't like that the adventure into a fantasy land for Max was too dark and frightening. Uh-huh. They thought uh-huh. that was too scary. But they also found it problematic that Max's parents punished him by sending him to bed without dinner. <laughs> they didn't like that that was a punishment. They felt like he should get to
0: eat. Okay. So I'm surprised. And when did this, when was the year? The book was published in 1963. That logic almost seems more reasonable today because I feel like 40, 50 years ago, like harsh punishment for children (laughs) was like standard and expected practice. Whereas yeah. now, if you were like, I'm sending a kid to dinner without a meal, you'd be like, we have to call DHS.
1: That's right, you send him to bed without a meal and you are abusive. Interestingly, one of the things that I hated about this book is that the kid was such a jerk to his parents and then he goes off and has a fun adventure. And, right. and then when he gets back, his mom like gives him dinner or something. And I'm just right. like, oh, that kid needs to learn his freaking lesson, he can't yeah. be a jerk. So yeah. that was why I would have banned it. I thought it was just a, an example of a <laughs> but crap. But in all seriousness, pretty
0: shocking that something even in that line of thinking would ban a book. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. I could see people being like, "Hey, I don't like it," but uh, to ban, wow.
1: Well, I think that the whole idea of banning a book is I don't like it, therefore no one should read it. Sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. yeah, I think the that that is a it's a good point. Here's a here's another one. This one is in 1987. Okay. okay, so we're fast-forwarding in time. This book was banned in Alaska, and it, uh, it was banned because it contained, among other among other words that they didn't like, the slang terms bed, knockers, and balls. And the slang term for bed is like to bed someone. Okay, like, like verb. Yeah. So what book was banned in Alaska in 1987 for containing, among other terms, the slang words bed, knockers and balls
0: are the are the terms knockers and balls used in the in the way i'm yeah they were okay. yeah it was it was used uh, to describe I, I was nervous when you told me we were doing this quiz that you were going to be testing my knowledge of literature um <laughs> which isn't the strongest i i'm gonna say mm, the outsiders mm, that's a good guess but no, it's not
1: The Outsiders. Can, you, can you give me a hint? When we were in high school, there was at least one of these in every classroom. A uh, dictionary? That is correct. It was the Anchorage School Board banned the American Heritage Dictionary because it had objection, <laughs> objectionable entries.
0: <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? That's you really got to ban the yeah. dictionary.
1: Don't tell kids what those slang terms mean. They're talking That's about great. knockers. It's getting into a house.
0: Do you know how hard it would be to look through an entire dictionary, even to find, like, first of all, what kid's looking up the definition for balls? Okay. And then to, like, go all the way down to the bottom. Okay, you probably did. Okay, no, this Especially if you story. knew that in that dictionary, they were going to give you that definition. This is a true story, okay? I'm not okay. lying.
1: Uh, we have a children's dictionary that misha got in elementary school in it on the first page on like the open you open the cover and there's the cover page she wrote page 47 (laughs) and can you guess what word is on page 47 circled in black balls nope boobs nope but
0: (laughs) it says says i was close man i was working around (laughs) oh that's great yeah
1: it's like she wrote the page number i do think that there's a fair point that kids look up like want to find those words in dictionaries i remember there was a giant dictionary in our middle school that was like on a desk it was so big and you had to like open it and flip through and we would look up like ridiculous words just so that we could point at them and giggle so i i get the idea but also come on now Knockers, it's fine. So next up, we've got two more, two more to do. Okay. Why did the Alabama textbook committee reject the book Anne Frank Diary of a Young Girl in 1983? Um, Because
0: she uh, stayed in the same uh, hiding space as. Were there there other like teenage boys there? There was at least one teenage boy. Does that have something to do with that? Maybe some romance or something or a crush she had on somebody or something along those lines? I mean, the Alabama textbook
1: not, uh, committee did not ban it for that specifically, but lots of other schools have banned it because she talks about feelings of uh, sexual attraction to other girls. Oh, okay. That was, that was a yeah. an issue for people, but that's not the reason here. This one is, is a toughie. It's kind of just the general vibe of the book. <laughs> that it's too sad and depressing that is correct they said it was they said quote it was a real downer (laughs) they don't think the kids are ready for real downers in their literature wow this is one from when you and i were kids so you may know this one just off the top of your head last one in the mid 90s the greatest time to be alive sure why was where's waldo banned in the states of New York and Michigan.
0: Because kids were becoming obsessed with it, like uh, addicted to it. Uh, no, it wasn't that. <sighs>
1: okay. I'll give you one hint. Think about what Where's Waldo is and imagine what you might be able to find as you are looking through all of the images.
0: It's a book where you're, <laughs> I don't know about that as a hint. What it is is a book that you're looking for, Waldo. Correct. What you might find is, uh, were there some, like, obscene actions taking place in the books? Uh, I'll give it to
1: you. I'll give it to you. In the beach scene, there is a- Oh, just
0: one very specific One very
1: specific thing. In the beach scene, there's a drawing of a woman lying on her stomach, sunning herself, and a perverted kid puts an ice cream cone on her back and makes her- lift up off of her towel and I remember
0: that very specifically
1: you do yes okay well in the original printing it exposes her breast whoa and there is a possibly like printed typed period sized uh-huh. nipple that is wow. exposed and wow. people were scandalized by it well and if so there wasn't
0: if there wasn't a nipple printed on the page the first as soon as a kid got a hold of it i'm sure it was added oh, yeah. on.
1: Yeah, there would have been an added on. Uh, in the 1997 edition, they put her bikini top back on. But I would like it to be noted that the problem was not the assault of the woman. Right, right. And it was all the- of the men around, like, leering at her. Instead, right. it was that she has nipples. Right. That was, that was the problem. Uh, so yeah, anyway, that was the censorship game. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. It's very silly. Good job. You pretty much figured out all of them. Way to go. Yeah. Well,
0: that was informative. And fun, right? Really fun? Sure. Fun censorship. Those two words really come together nicely. But you know what isn't censored? Fake ads. Today's episode of Schoolja is sponsored by Jamit. Class is about to start and you have
1: copies to make. Unfortunately, there's five other teachers crowding around the copier in the same situation as you. At this rate, you'll never get your copies made in time. What should you do? Pull out your phone, of course. With the new app, Jamit, you can instantly shut down the closest copier, causing a jammed message to blink across the display screen. As the other teachers search for the non-existent scrap of paper causing the issue, feel free to take a relaxing stroll around the office or refill your coffee cup. By the time you return, the other teachers will have abandoned the copier as a lost cause, giving you the opportunity to turn off your app and make your handouts without having to plan ahead or even politely wait in line. Jam it, because the world revolves around you. Welcome back! This is our third and hopefully last, fingers crossed, episode about our thoughts on the pandemic and how it affected education generally and our careers specifically.
0: Yeah, with this final segment, we want to talk about the opportunities for systemic change that unfortunately fell by the wayside as the pandemic proceeded. For example,
1: school start and end times. I don't know what it was like we're uh, in Astoria, but when I was doing this in Virginia, we pushed back our start time until 9 a.m. And each one of our class periods was only like an hour long. And we were on a block schedule, so it was every other day, and so we ended a little early as well. I'm not saying necessarily that we need to only do four hours of work a day. That does seem a little bit extreme, but starting at nine is so much better For teenagers, we know this scientifically based on research, is so much better for their brain than starting at 730, which is when school officially starts here in Umatilla. And I am very frustrated that we didn't learn that lesson, that we didn't figure that one out.
0: You know, and when, when we talked about having a segment about missed opportunities, for me, a lot of it was also just looking at the fact that we kind of stopped school for a while. And it was probably the first time in, I don't know, recent history that that had happened. Um, and it was, to me, an opportunity where if you wanted to make some major changes, if you wanted to like rewrite the script of what education looked like, because we're still basically following a hundred and some year old model of what school is. Um, This probably was the most ripe opportunity to do so. And I think when we came back from the pandemic, we eased into it, right? It wasn't like we just started back up again, and we were just so desperate to just get back into something that was familiar that there really wasn't a lot of change, and in fact we maybe even regressed a little bit. So yeah, my thought on that was like this is a great opportunity to we know the we know the data says that especially high school kids should start later. Let's let's take a look at seat time requirements and all these things that have been established for so long as the you know, "quote unquote" right way to do things, and you know, decide if if maybe we don't need to be in school eight hours a day, and maybe starting at nine and changing that system would be beneficial to kids. And again, this this could have been an opportunity to do that.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: To me, and you and I may have a different opinion about this. I have always been open, or at least curious, about the idea of adjusting our school calendar um, a little bit. I am not necessarily a proponent of year-round school, but for high, and this really doesn't apply to um, elementary schools at all, but I have always felt that ideally we would end our grading periods or trimesters or semesters at the big breaks. And so I would have liked to have seen something where maybe we start school a couple weeks early in August and end our first, probably you'd have to almost go to trimesters, but um, end our first term at winter break. because you know how difficult it is to start back up in january with two or three maybe four weeks left of a semester kids are you know trying to get caught up and but you're spending a little bit of time Kind of recouping what's been lost over those two weeks. It would be really nice to have just started fresh with a new schedule, a new semester in January. Go up to spring break, and then do the same thing again, finishing up the school year. So yeah, it would be like more of a trimester thing. I would have really liked to have seen something like that.
1: That does that does make sense. And actually, in Virginia, we did end at uh, we did end the semester at winter break. And it was nice to come back after the break was over and be able to start sure. fresh. That was really nice. What it ended up doing to us was we had a, short, uh, a much right. shorter first semester than second semester. And for whatever reason, they didn't care to balance it. But, uh, but it was nice to do that. I thought you were definitely coming in here when I looked at it on the script that you wanted to talk about year-round school. And nope. I was like, brother, nope. I love summer break. <laughs> I do not want to give that up. No, thank you. I don't care if it's better for kids. I wasn't I like my break.
0: I, we're in agreement there. You were excited about having an <laughs> argument with me, and now I, know, I think you're disappointed. I, I will I say little, this, though. a little, but it's okay. I want to go back. And I think we actually talked about this years ago on this podcast, but I do think that we maybe put too much emphasis on like the balance of semesters or trimesters, too. I mean, to me, our kids have to go to school for the entire year. And I understand that one trimester may be a week or two longer, but ultimately you know, they they should be covering the same material. Um, I understand that each, you know, semester has a certain amount. You get a half a credit or whatever it is for that class. And so I, I get there's a little bit of lack of balance, but I think those are the things that maybe we're getting too hung up on. And that's why these changes aren't being made. And just taking a step back and being like, does it really matter? Does it really matter if one trimester is 14 weeks and one is 12? If it, if it makes more sense for, you know, for, for us to have these breaks, or if it makes more f- sense for the sports seasons to sort of like line up with with semesters so that you don't have these weird grading requirements that kind of overlap semesters, then who cares?
1: Yeah, for sure. And going along with that, we've always, at least our educational career, we've always done A, B, C, D, F, grading. And uh, this is kind of something that I've noticed. I've noticed it for a long time, but it does feel like it has accelerated a little bit. All that matters to kids is the grade Mm -hmm. the love of learning is not being fostered by the system that we are uh, working with right now and I remember at the beginning of the pandemic thinking this is an opportunity where we can have kids do some exploration yeah and like go out and find cool stuff and here's these interesting articles and YouTube videos and other resources and they can go out and find things that they're interested in. Unfortunately, without us guiding them, being there physically to make sure that they're doing it, that didn't that right. didn't really come into fruition very right. well. Now that we're back, as we kind of said before, that seems like a lot of work in connection to all of the other responsibilities that we're doing. You're right, especially with the idea of knowing that a kid isn't going to make corrections uh, unless they know what their grade is, and if they're passed, that's good enough, and they don't really care if they learned it, that's absolutely true with writing assignments. I tend to not write their grade on it. Mm-hmm. I don't post their grade until we've gone over it, and I mm-hmm. say, "Okay, if you don't like how much correct- how many corrections are on there, you can turn it in and you might get a better grade after after fixing stuff, and they definitely learn more that right. way, but then I gotta grade it again, so it's more work and it's just we gotta figure that out
0: like your point is because ultimately it does come down to an a, a b, a C, or d percentage, whatever then a lot of that still just gets lost. I mean, you might have this really engaging conversation with a kid and they're still going to finish with, so what did I get? Right. So if systemically, if the entire thing was sort of erased and we were able to evaluate based on, you know, I think a lot of things, you know, effort, attitude, attendance, um, uh, genuine curiosity, you know, all these kind of things that like we're looking for in our kids or, basing their grade off of how much they've learned from where they started versus a set standard of this is what an A is. Uh, so, you know, instead of necessarily proficiency, but improvement, whatever whatever that may be. I mean, if you take all that away and kids know like, oh, my grade is going to be based on how much I engage in this conversation with Mr. Hill about my paper and how much I improve on it. And, and, and that grade isn't an A or B or C or D, but it's something else. I just think it opens... The door for kids understanding that the learning is what's important versus the ultimate goal of like, I just want to get that A.
1: I think that here in Umatilla, we've done something sort of like that. We have to take a standardized test three times a year, Mm -hmm. the beginning of the year, the middle of the year and the end of the year to track student progress. Right. The way that they get their grade is did they improve from the last time they took it? Now, I have some problems with this based on the way that the test is designed and there's like the uh, margin of error. We don't really take that into account that mm-hmm. a kid may have a bad day mm-hmm. when they test and, and that might be it. But the question that I get asked instead of what was my grade is, how much did I improve? Where am That's I awesome. at? Did I, did I get better, right. that kind of thing. So while I see problems with the high stakes testing, I do appreciate that the way we're grading it does cause kids to care. Am I doing better? Am right. I getting better at this skill? Right. So that is that is a nice indication of kids will care if we make it a priority.
0: Yeah. And I also just want to say that a lot of this change is almost impossible until uh, higher education institutions change what they're looking at too. I mean, you know, that's that's right. the biggest challenge is we have to be able to provide our kids with data, I guess, if you want to call call it that, to be to be able to apply to Columbia and be able to say, this is how I did. And until schools are looking at something different, we're, I think we're kind of stuck with, with where we're at. But again, this conversation is about what could have changed or what would we have liked to have seen change with this sort of hard reset.
1: We as a society have to take a good hard look at whether or not higher education is really worth it for most of our kids. Right. Because when you and I were in college, having a college degree meant you were probably going to get a pretty decent job and you'd be able to pay off your loans and you'd be good. I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't think that a lot of our Gen Z and whatever's after that, I don't think that uh, the college pipeline Mm -hmm. is as good of a return on investment as it used to be because college is just so expensive and there are so few... Of those kinds of jobs, there's lots of service industry jobs Mm -hmm. and not a lot of the other stuff. I just fear where we're going as a society with putting kids into massive amounts of debt, thinking that this is going to solve their problems. And I don't know that it's the way out of poverty, the way that it was in the 60s for our parents and then even for us in the 90s. So I don't know. It would be nice if the high school diploma meant something more that allow, that we could certify kids in welding or in uh, culinary arts. If our job as educators is to help make good citizens that can be good employees, we have to work harder on the liberal arts side and we have to work harder on the tech side to get everybody able to do that.
0: And that's and that sort of brings us right to our last point which I would love to see a nationwide high school system in which there are a variety of diplomas students can pursue. Just like with a college degree, there are certain requirements that must be met to hit each of those diplomas. And so instead of like this one standard, I mean in the state of Oregon we we have a set number of credits and very specific classes that you have to take and pass in order to get a high school diploma and districts, have a couple of their own requirements, uh, they can they can choose uh, to do some other things. But for the most part, there's this one standard. And it's, first of all, difficult for a lot of students to meet some of those very specific ones. One is like the three years of math. That is one of the biggest holdups for a lot of our kids who don't graduate. Um, there's a few other things that make it difficult. But also, if you are not pursuing post-secondary education, or if you want to get into a different field, it would make sense to me that you would be wanting to take certain classes in high school that would get you moving in that direction more so than others and i would love to see you know multiple diploma options that this particular field only requires 2 years of math but you want to take and and maybe only 2 years of of ela but then you want to take a bunch of trades or or you know wh- whatever that may be but giving kids opportunities early on to sort of choose their paths not drastically not so that if they halfway through their junior year decided they want to change routes that they couldn't but giving kids more opportunities to prepare in high school for fields that they want to pursue that maybe don't include college.
1: Unfortunately, I think one of the only ways we're going to make that possible like obviously the the society has to say that's a that's a priority. Mm-hmm. And the way that they're going to be able to show that that's a priority is to be able to draw an electrician or a plumber or other people out of their right. trades to want to be an educator and the only way to do that is to be able to match the level of income that they're gonna get and I don't know
0: I have another solution for you Clint maybe we are, don't make the requirements to teach so difficult so that a electrician who is wanting to and can come in for one period a day to teach our kids an electrician trade or intro to electron, uh, elect- Electrical, uh, yeah. You know, it, to come in and and just teach a class, right? And and we and we don't have to make these requirements so stringent that you need all these teaching certifications, and and you open that up so that it's possible for this to happen. Right now, at least in in our state, it is really difficult for someone else that's not you know sp- spent you know four years of a bachelor's and a year of a master's to get a a, a teaching license. If we were able to make that more feasible for people, maybe we could get somebody who is still an electrician and is still making their living doing that, but also working in our schools.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that would be great. Obviously still need to include some sort of certification process because you need to be able to evaluate that this person should be around kids yeah. and, and is not, it is no, capable No, teaching. Right. But, right. but right. yeah, I don't see why you have to go through four years of college and a, and a master's degree to teach plumbing. They've already proven that they are skilled in their area. Now we need to make sure that they can handle a classroom mm-hmm. and do the classroom management and that kind of stuff and be able to actually teach and not just say, well, obviously this is how it goes. Poop runs downhill. It's easy, guys, <laughs> which is my dad's favorite phrase for any time we have to do plumbing projects. But yeah, it's a, if he is a, or if they, the electrician or plumber or whoever is able to uh, handle kids. Yeah. Then yeah, that would be it would be nice to be able to just pull people in and it would make education a community project. Right. Instead of a separate thing. And we've got a lot of politicians and other folks out in the world disparaging education and I think part of that is because it feels like it is separate hmm. from some communities, especially larger communities. Yeah. It's a, it's a separate entity.
0: I do want to say that in our community we have a lot of partnerships with a lot of people outside of our, our school um, to give our kids opportunities to pursue other things and try other things. And, and, and so there are those things do exist. I just think it's uh, sometimes a not not as common as it could be in, in pointing our kids in the right direction.
1: Well, and, and oftentimes it only serves like five kids out of a right. school of 700.
0: And with that,
1: we are officially done with talking about the pandemic. Well, at least as a main topic. Well, that's true. We might have to bring it up from time to time since it, you know, did reshape the world in some fundamental ways. You know what
0: else reshapes the world in fundamental
1: ways? Fake ads. Fake ads.
0: <laughs> hey, Schooled You listeners, this is Chad, co-host of the podcast. And if you're like me, especially during this time of year, I bet you're having those crazy teacher dreams. I used to be like that, always having dreams that I come to class in my undies or my teeth were falling out during a formal observation. That was until I got a Clasper mattress. Yeah, they're really cool. I ordered my Clasper online, a few days later a big box shows up on my doorstep and in just a few minutes my Clasper is set up and ready for sleep. The folks at Clasper use some pretty crazy subliminal hypnosis or something like that that I don't understand, but it sure works. Since getting my Clasper, I've slept like a baby with no more teacher dreams. It's great. So give Clasper a try. Find them online and use our promo code Schooldia for a free set of dry erase markers. Check it out. Clasper. Have an A-plus night. And welcome to the final segment of the show. So what do you got in mind for us today, Chad? Well, back before the pandemic... hey, hey, hey. hey.
1: We said we weren't going to talk about that anymore.
0: Oh, right. Anyway... In the before times, we had a game where we would have a random celebrity generator choose three famous people, and we have to decide which one we want as a student, supervising administrator, or colleague. Oh, okay. Kind of like the game Kiss, Mary, Kill, but more educational. <laughs> exactly. Sounds fun. Let's do it. Okay. So here we go. I am clicking the button for my random celebrity generator for you larry david timbaland okay and alice cooper who would you want to be a student your supervising administrator and your colleague uh okay
1: so let's see we got two musicians and a comedian uh i feel like i already work with people as sarcastic and unhappy as larry david so I don't know that I want to continue to have him as a colleague. (laughs) (laughs) They're not quite as funny, though. Um, Man. Okay. So, I kind of feel like I should just go with my gut. Um, And I think that I... Oh, gosh. But I think I am going to have Larry David as a colleague. Okay. I'm going to have Larry David as a colleague, mostly because I feel like I'm already there, and I'm aware of what it would be like, but it would be, like, ten times funnier.
0: Sure. See, I think, I think, I think Larry David could either be a blessing or a curse. It sort of depends on like your relationship. I think he could add a lot of like, he'd come into your room at the end of a day and just be like, that was horrible. And you have this great, like, you won't believe what happened today. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um.
1: I also think that he would be uh, a a big benefit when it comes to meetings Mm -hmm, uh, because he would fill the role that sometimes I fill of making sarcastic comments. (laughs) And then I could just sit back and laugh and not necessarily have to be the one
0: in the spotlight, (laughs) which I would prefer. You feel the pressure to be that guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, meetings are so boring. Somebody's got to make it interesting. Yes. So uh, uh, and then I think I would want to teach Timbaland because mm-hmm. Timbaland is super creative, mm-hmm. and I think that he would probably come up with some dope class projects. Sure. Uh, anytime that we were doing anything having to do with, uh, like, poetry or literature with literary devices, I feel like I could just say, okay, I need you guys to produce a song, and then he would make, some like, some kind of banger, yeah. and that would be awesome. Yeah, so that would be awesome. that would Good. be cool. Okay. And then also, you know, as a... Um, as the school designated DJ always (laughs) for every high school dance, I could just be like, hey, Timbaland, give me some song recommendations and he could hook me up. So that would be cool. Very good. Uh, And then I I would go with Alice Cooper for uh, an administrator because it's clear to me that Alice Cooper does not care (laughs) about what's happening at school. Right. Famously singing School's Out for Summer. He's just as stoked for the end of the year as I am. So I feel like he would be really fun to work with. He'd be scary to the parents, so I wouldn't have to deal with the parents. They'd be happy to talk to me and not creepy makeup guy, (laughs) Alice Cooper. But then in reality, Alice Cooper is a super thoughtful and nice person. Right. Uh, So he has the scary persona of an administrator, but like the kind-hearted, thoughtful guy that you would want to work with and work for. Very good. I think yeah. you gave me a good set. Like, I, I, I like that you fun. think
0: Alice Cooper would come to work in uh his makeup. And like I mean, the why wouldn't six he? inch boots. I think it'd be awesome. Full. Yeah. That's I mean,
1: if I were if I had a persona like Alice Cooper has, yeah. I would definitely want to bring that to sure. my place of business yeah. every
0: day. Okay. I think it's my turn. Nicely done, by yeah, the way. It you, is. You did a really good job. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh all right.
1: So I'm clicking the Generator now, and uh, here are your three. You have Kid Rock, Jimmy Kimmel, and my boy Ken Ryan Gosling.
0: Dang. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's a this is a very male centric game. Yeah. I did not get any women in my in my spin.
0: Okay. So the first thing that's coming to mind right now is I, I really do appreciate humor and wittiness. Um, and I think, I mean, they they might all have that, but Jimmy Kimmel definitely, like, with the work he does as a talk show host and everything else, I think stands out there. But that trait is also great in all three phases of this, right? Yeah. Um, but I think I think one of the things I appreciate most about, like, leadership, I think, is being able to make light of things and, 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 humor. So I'm going to put Jimmy Kimmel as my supervising administrator. Okay. You want, you want
1: Jimmy to make sarcastic comments about the things you do. I got it.
0: Well, that's not exactly what I'm saying. I don't, <laughs> I don't, uh, Clint, not all humor has to be sarcastic. Uh, Jimmy's does. That's true. That's true. But I still think he's, but he's no, smart I, I get what you're saying. And as like a, as like a talk show host, just the ability to communicate and sort of like make, Make things light, maybe, you know, and in yeah. intense situations. I think he could really, like, diffuse uh, tensions. Um, you know, I'm thinking of this as a perspective of, like, an administrator that I work with as as an administrator myself. And oftentimes right. we're in intense situations and things like that. And I think somebody like Jimmy Kimmel would be great. Um, I, I agree. I
1: think especially with an angry parent, yeah. having somebody who can listen, understand, and ask good questions like a talk show host has to as well as add a little bit of light levity to the situation exactly I think that's a good choice exactly you've ter- you've put me
0: on the jimmy kimmel administrative track properly administered humor can def- can diffuse even some of the most intense negative situations it could also totally backfire um that's true yeah but but you know trying to trying to use humor can can sometimes be a really good thing okay so now i'm with kid rock And Ryan Gosling, I other than like seeing their like personas, I don't really know anything about them other than they're like their public persona. Um, But I think Kid Rock would be a pretty sweet colleague. Um, Oh, man. OK, yeah, I just think like, I mean, again, I don't know much about him. He's obviously musical. Maybe he would be a music teacher in our school. Um, I think he would be open or down to, like, you know, put on the, the, the big performances that we have or when we have, like, homecoming events and things like that where we need some sort of performance. It would be cool to have a teacher leading that. I, yeah, I can see that. I Maybe. Can see that. <laughs> I Maybe. I don't even know his real name. I think you would just call him Kid.
1: Yeah, probably. Okay. Mr. Kid.
0: And then uh, Ryan Gosling – you know, he seems like a good guy. He seems like he's—he's he's obviously very talented. He can not only act, but he can sing and dance as well. Correct? Am I wrong yes. on that? Yes. Oh yeah, yes. He can do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think would be a be a nice kid to have in your class. Would uh, certainly, you know, um, help boost the drama department. You and I have talked before, Clint, about how the student leadership in your school sort of helps to determine how that year goes. Uh, I think having someone like that, you know, as a student in your school, as a leader, would be a great thing. So I'm going to go Ryan Gosling, student, Kid Rock colleague, Jimmy Kimmel, supervising administrator. All right, Whew. excellent. Those were that, hard. That was... I, the the look on your face right now of just like, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. Is I mean, really disheartening. Well, no, I I just Clint, uh, there's no wrong I answer. I think so. I
1: that that's true. For, for me, I think I would have put Kid Rock as a, as a student because then I could kick him out of class all the time. Oh, okay. Just find him to be obnoxious. Sure. But, that, but, but he does enjoy water skiing on a lake. Yeah. I important. mean,
0: yeah. That was a hard one. I, th- between those that two, hard I, it's, it's hard to decide.
1: Would you have preferred if I had given you Jim Davis instead of Kid Rock? Jim Davis, famously th- the Garfield? creator of
0: Garfield? uh yeah that would have been maybe a little bit yeah a little bit different i was also uh going to not do timberland and give you suzanne summers Um, so that would have been interesting as well
1: that would have been interesting yeah three's company Uh, oh yeah i i would have uh i would have wanted to be colleagues With Suzanne Summers, I bet she'd have some exciting stories.
0: Sure, for sure. (laughs) Uh, All
1: right, well, that's our show. Do you have any questions for us or comments about any pandemic-related
0: content we may have missed? Send us an email at schooljapodcast at gmail.com and your comments might get featured on the show. And thanks again to Nikki Hill for our awesome theme music. Don't forget about our website, schooljapod.com, and big news!
1: We're now on Spotify, Amazon, and Audible.
0: So many places to find us. Of course, if you're hearing this, you probably already know where to find us, but please rate and leave us a review wherever you're listening. It really helps other people find the show. Or, if that seems like too much work, tell your friends to listen. Or, hear me out here, if you're feeling ambitious, commit a major crime, get arrested, and as you're being led into the courtroom for your trial, and all the reporters are shouting at you about why you did it, casually dropped, schooled ya, in your answer. That
1: might not be the best way to advertise
0: really man because true crime
1: is all the rage right now good point all right change my mind go for it guys
0: <laughs> thanks for listening see you soon all right do you want to say something funny like peace peace i say what's up y'all i'm luca what's up y'all i'm luca oh that was cool peace say hi to clint peace hi clint Say, uh, Luca rules. Luca rules.